podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Crowd cheers. Here's Siddle. He's got Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Two Slips in a Gully. I'm joined by Glenn this evening. How are you, Glenn? Hi, Az. I'm good. How about you? Oh, I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Lots of cricket going on. We couldn't really structure our episode to take place at the uh, conclusion of the second test between Australia and Pakistan, but uh, yeah. so we're, day five is currently happening as we speak, so we're going to do our chat about the, uh, about the Pakistan-Australia second test last Give yeah. more time for the game to unfold. As at, mo- at the moment, it's fairly tense. I think they're four wickets down as we started recording. So mm. uh, yeah, it's a big bowling effort to go. Don't give up, but yeah. Um. Pakistan have batted exceptionally well to get themselves <coughs> in a position where they could save the game. Potentially, yeah. with a bit of a dash, they might give yeah. winning it a crack. But I, I think that's I probably a bridge too far. They need about five and over on that pitch. I don't think that they're quite... No, in I a position think, to do that, but we'll uh, want to, but. we'll have a big chat about that yeah. later on. Uh, what we are going to spend some time talking about is the Women's One Day World Cup. We did want to spend a bit of time talking about that in our last episode, but um, unfortunately, the cricketing gods had other plans in mind as they uh, they took two of our uh, favourite cricketing sons from us. So we did a bit of a uh, yep. a tribute to Rod Marsh and Shane Warne. Um, but uh, luckily this week, no such disaster has happened. They say bad things happen in three, so that's the case. It's the third thing still yet to happen, so we've got plenty of time to get in and talk (sighs) about the Women's World Cup, so we will get cracking on that right after this. The Women's World Cup is well underway now. Most of the teams have played their uh, their fourth game of the tournament. Only South Africa and Bangladesh are yet to play their their fourth uh, at the time we're recording this, and it's uh, it's shaping up as uh, well partly as expected. Australia has been you'd have to say fairly dominant so far in the tournament. They've you know well in hand against England before a late fight back, uh, but Australia ended up coming out on top. And then they comfortably handled the likes of uh, Pakistan, the West Indies, and uh, and New Zealand. So they're sitting on top of the table in uh, four wins from four games with eight points. Yeah. Uh, South Africa, for for mine, a little bit has been a bit of a surprise package. They're uh, they're three wins from three with the game against Bangladesh, which most people would assume that they would win. So they would join us on top of the ladder. With eight points, provided the results go that way, mm. uh, we've I was got. Surprised a... they beat England, though. Yeah. I, I didn't know that there was that much strength there, but they seem to be quite. Well, there's quite a few South Africans that have um, come over and playing in the WBBL, so I suppose yeah, that right. sort of uh, you know expedited the the process of making that a a, a cohesive team. So mm. um, it's really good. England uh, have only just gotten off the mark. They're they're one from three. And uh, they have a really strong victory against a, a good Indian side um, to, yeah. to get off the mark. But they've got a lot of work ahead of them. So yeah, they dropped one against the West Indies. Yeah, so they dropped against the West Indies. They dropped mm. against us. Um, and then they dropped their game against South Africa. So they've got uh, Pakistan and Bangladesh, which you would assume that, you know, all things going to plan, that they would, they would win that. But then they've got a really tough game against New Zealand. And I think that... Uh, 
that's going to be that's going to be the big one. If England uh, lose that game, I'm not sure exactly in the tournament when that takes place. Um, but I think if England lose that game, I'm not sure they can actually they'll have enough points left over to qualify. So they'll get to yeah. if they win against um, Bangladesh and Pakistan, that'll move them to to six total points. Um, yeah, and, and as so, it is, I, mean, I, I always assumed that because. Um, we only play tests against England, with the exception of the Indian game that we, we played last year. I just assumed that Australia and England were head and shoulders above the rest of women's cricket. Well, I think but that's... It doesn't, uh, doesn't appear to be the case. I think that's a fairly safe assumption, because not only do we play tests against each other, but we've got clearly the most uh, you know, well-funded and organised professional women's competitions between Australia, obviously, with the WBBL, yeah. and then England, which have just come out with the, the women's 100. I suppose Australia's got a little bit more of a leg up as the WBBL's been running for a for a few years, and this has been the the, the debut season was of the 100. So, But there's yeah. quite a lot of resources still in England for, for women's cricket. Yeah. Uh, but So, yeah, I, I think that's a fairly safe assumption that Australia and England should be sort of at the pointy end of the of the the standings, but uh, yeah, you know, yeah. England obviously got us first up and, and dropped that game. But you would have expected that that England side probably should have beaten uh, the West Indies and, and South Africa, all things do, on paper. Do you think and, playing in the hundred might be affecting their preparation. Um, I just don't think it's a good format. <laughs> uh, like, it's hard to say. Uh, I suppose it's, it, it's it, them playing different. I don't know the, the timing, the, the the rhythm of the game. From what I've, I've heard described, I've actually never seen the 100, I suppose. But, yeah, they the, are, the, the rhythm is, of the game would be very different. They are playing one-day internationals, so that yeah. is a, a big difference to the 100 anyway. So yeah. if it was a T20 World Cup and England were sort of struggling to find uh, some rhythm, I suppose it could mm. be argued. I just think it's it's good that they're out there the playing. The, the, the English men didn't go so badly in the, the 2020 World Cup recently gone. They looked dominant until they were beaten. <laughs> I suppose the, the flip side of that is that the that that English men's team has been a you know that's mm. been half a decade or more in the making. In the making, yeah. Uh, I, I just think you know they've had just they've they've been close games. They've just you know it's been a coin toss sort of you know few moments here or there went the wrong way. They haven't been blown out of the water. They've just sort of haven't stuck the landing on a few of them, and they've okay. lost a few close games. But and they're uh, still fighting. They're, they're still fighting. Yet. But yeah, they're they're going to have to win. I'd say that that New Zealand game is going to be crucial because I don't if they drop that, I don't think England have enough points in them to make the uh, yeah the so the, the semi The so question is, do we hate do we hate the English as much in the women's game as we do in the men's game? Oh, I've got the Kiwis. I've got my um, I've got my green and gold cap on. I'm going to yeah. New Zealand. Okay. Knock them out. Right. Knock them out. Give them nothing. Yeah. All right. Give them nothing. Um, and it, I just think it's fantastic that you know, for, for all intensive purposes, England and Australia should be comfortably, yeah, the best two teams in the world. They've got the you know the 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 most developed competitions. They've got the you know, arguably the most players coming through their systems, all that sort of stuff. They should be at the top, and I think it's just fantastic to see that. Um, yeah, South it's, Africa, India, New Zealand, and especially the West Indies I'm coming out of nowhere yeah. really. Um, throwing it's, some haymakers. It's, it's not like it's uh, you know twenty over cricket either. You know, I always feel like in fifty overs, it more 
it's there's less luck involved. It tends to be the better side that wins. Yeah, it's it's harder to have those Cinderella moments the yeah. longer the game goes, sort of thing. So, mm, yeah. you know, if you get someone who just has a really awesome four or five overs with the bat, you could really change the the momentum of a game, and you know, yeah, um, In, really affect yeah. the outcome. But you know, the longer the game goes, the the more that sort of Mm. Gets washed Levels out, so goes on sort of overall skill over a long period of time. So yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So it's great to see that um, the the world is catching up, and it's not just a you know we'll see Australia and England in the final, and you guys just get to yeah. play around to see who gets to yeah, the like, like, a, like a rugby league yeah. World cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys get to compete for the privilege of being beaten by us in the semi-final. It's it's now that there's yeah. some serious movers and shakers. India proved that um, in the summer just gone where they yeah, they definitely. really, you know, the, the Meg Lanning's uh, team won, what was it, 26 straight hmm. one-day internationals before um, losing to, to India. And so they really, really gave Australia... You know, there was probably a few outs from the Australian side and, you know, Elise Perry just coming back from injury. But, you know, all said and done, mm. that Indian side played very well and took a very good Australian side right to the right to the edge. So it's great to see that that's, it's truly becoming a, a world competition and not just, you know, yeah. the old enemies and the also-rans. Yeah, so, a world game, sort of. Um, yeah, a world <laughs> game. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so just to have a look at some of the stats, Rachel Haynes has been... Um, Prolific for the Australian side, she's topping the topping the charts. Two hundred and seventeen runs from uh, for four digs with uh, a century and a 50, 130 not out. So averaging ninety two, that's not bad for a World Cup. Yeah, um, Mandahar, we saw plenty of her uh, yeah. <laughs> against us, and then again in the WBBL, she's uh, coming in. Uh, she's got uh, also a century and a fifty. Uh, Matthews from the West Indies, she's been prolific so far in this tournament. Uh, it was a shock to see that she didn't get any runs against us, actually. So she's also got a uh, got a hundred in there. So it's just been that's good. Some really great players awesome. and really quick hitting. Most of them are striking. You know, around about a run a ball. Uh, uh, Nat Siver from um, England has been going at. Uh, well, over a run of ball, so that's to be expected. She was plenty of power hitting in, um, mm. she displayed in the Ashes, so it's been great. And then on the other side of things, uh, what a return from Ash Gardner for the last two games. She was ruled out of the first two games with, with COVID and then come back and had almost career best figures for the Aussies and really swayed, uh, yeah. swayed the game, especially in the, that West Indies game. Elise Perry was the destroyer up front, taking three wickets in the first sort of six or seven overs, and then, uh, yeah. Um, Gardner came through and just crushed any resistance the middle order had to offer and set up a fairly comfortable run chase. <laughs> fairly comfortable, yeah. You you think you'd get one thirty most times as a professional well, international team? Well, the West Indies gave us a bit of a, a, a scare. I think we were we were two for seven at one point and then right. three for sixty or so. So okay. they they certainly didn't um didn't just, just get on over. the get on the bus and go home. They yeah. um. Certainly made now. They made sure that we worked for it, yeah. which is uh, which again is going to be good for the Australian side. It could have been quite easy to, you like you know, to in, in that position where the top order just sort of clocks off and goes, "Ah, oh, it's all right. It's only 130. Someone will get it." Whereas, yeah. you know, um, oh, you like to see that in your team as well. Like, okay, the batters 
that we've stopped, stuffed up. But let's take a few with us, you know, just as an exercise. Yeah. You know, practice. So, you, know, you know, possibly West Indies could be looking at Australia again in the semi-final and they're going yeah. to have that going. Oh, no, I mean, if you, if you let them get the 130 none down, you kind of go away from that game just going, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Nothing's working. Instead, like they're going to yeah. feel rubbish that they got rolled for 130, but they're also going to go, we got Lanning out for a duck and we got Healy out for not many. Yeah. You know, we restricted Perry. We got her only, you know, she just hit double figures. We keep doing that. Yeah. Um, we put a good score on, put some more scoreboard pressure on, and who knows what could happen. So, yeah, sounds like them, they're in the right direction. Yeah. But it's been great. And it's um, it's been really, um, it's been quality, quality watching. It's been, um, been great for me whenever I've managed to have time off during the day because I can go watch the World Cup during the morning and then about four o'clock in the afternoon the uh, the test starts. So I just get like when I wake up to when I go to sleep, how, I just got cricket. How's that couch groove? <laughs> I keep working I, your way in there. I keep shifting on the couch to make sure it doesn't look too obvious that that's all I've done all day. Oh, so busy today. So busy. <laughs> what have you done today? Oh, man, I've been flat out. Oh, well. Laying down. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so there's still plenty more games to come. Uh, I would think at this point, well, I don't think England are going to quite get there. I think New Zealand, of you know, being at home, they're going to get that game done, so they're going to miss out. So I think that you could see... Um, well, it's going to be... It is going to be interesting, though, is it, because... Is, is it going to end nil all? <laughs> nil all? The, uh, yeah. um, the World Cup, or... Uh, uh, no, we'll get to that later, won't we? Yeah. So, so at the moment, you've got the top four: uh, Australia, South Africa, where, uh, India, and New Zealand. Yeah. But uh, India, New Zealand, and the West Indies are tied on four points. So, yeah. um, I think we've still got to play South Africa. So that's going to be a big game for them. So we've got. Mm. So tomorrow, New Zealand play South Africa. Bangladesh play the West Indies. So you'd imagine it, Bang- uh, the West Indies will win that. Yeah. Um, we've got India on Saturday. Sunday is the big New Zealand-England. So that's England's next game. So if England yeah. don't win that, could be a um, not a lot to play for come Monday morning. So mm. who's South Africa got? South Africa's got New Zealand, Australia... And the West Indies, so they've got the three next biggest teams to play. Uh, whereas New Zealand's got uh, South Africa, England, and Pakistan. So it's going to be tight. It's going to be a tight finish. You know, you can see you know, New Zealand potentially only getting one out of those three, which puts them on mm. on six. Um, if they manage to knock over South Africa. Or well, imagine knock over England and and Pakistan. That puts them on. That'll put them on eight. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a really tight finish. I think for those uh, last semi final spots. I do think the way it stands at the moment is probably how it's going to be. I think the West Indies will just miss out. Yeah. Um. Because who have they got? They've got um. West Indies. They've got Bangladesh. So you'd imagine they win that. Well, actually, no. They've got well the two not easy beats, but they're the two. They're the two bringing up the bottom. So. They could win both of those games. So they've got... And then... South Africa. So they could quite easily finish on eight. I don't know. Could be interesting. They might yeah. actually sneak in. New Zealand's got a tough run home. 
Um, that that win, that last uh, did you did you manage to catch that the uh, West Indies New Zealand game where? No, I did not. Oh, it was, go and watch a KO mini on that. All right. Um, they needed uh, was it six off the last over, and they took uh, three for two. Oh yes, in the yeah, last over you, to secure the win. You talked about this last week, I think. Maybe um, maybe not on the reporting. Maybe in and she hadn't bowled an over all game. They just threw her the ball for the last over. I mean, right. bang, bang, and then a run out. It's like, wow. Well, just going clutch. Completely cold. Clutch. It's like Michael wow. Jordan-esque clutch. Yeah. Well, Jordan wishes no, he was that clutch. No, I reckon that was the season where like they threw it to Steve Kerr. <laughs> The one that it, yeah, you know, Steve Kerr had to bail out Michael Jordan again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that could yeah. actually, looking at that, look at their run home, the two respective run homes between um, New Zealand and, and the West Indies, that could be a really telling yeah. final over because mm. uh, New Zealand definitely have the tougher run there having to play um, England and South Africa. You could see them coming away with no wins from that, whereas you'd imagine the West Indies are probably going to win against Bangladesh, and they're probably going to win against Pakistan. So I, yeah, I think the West Indies should sneak in there. I think they'll make the semis, and the yeah. and New Zealand might uh, end up missing out on the semi-final on their, on their home World Cup. So it's, good, um, That'd be a good get for West Indian cricket. Yeah. Um, well, they are the, the limited overs specialists. They come out to... Yeah, true, true. They come out and give I mean, limited over stuff yeah, a little bit. I mean, that'd probably be the biggest get since they uh, won the, the men's 2020. To make well, the semis, I don't think they've they've done that well in a fifty over tournament. No, not since while. then. They missed the semis in the twenty nineteen World Cup, and then they missed the semis in the yeah the T twenty World Cup over in the UAE. So yeah, it would be that'd be that'd yeah. be the furthest the West Indies team has progressed since their T twenty World Cup win. Yeah. So well, well, that's well, they're, they're going to be my dark horse. Yeah, I hope they, they get it. Well, everyone always loves the West Indies I love to the play West well, Indies, so. Yeah. Unless they beat it. Well, there you go. The, the, <laughs> the West Indies women have the two slips and a gully stamp of approval. So I'm not okay. sure what that translates to in actual <laughs> cricket currency. That's but true. Uh, hopefully it makes you feel better about it. So good luck to everyone involved. I know our predictions have been pretty pretty good so far. Yeah, we've had a good run. We are we're, we're wrong about Kawaja. Ever oh. since that Border Gavaskar <laughs> trophy, we've done okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't necessarily think we were wrong about Kawaj. I think what we're saying is right, but he's just made yeah, good he's, on his he's turned the corner on his on his chances. Yeah. Though to be fair, he's always played well on slow wickets, like the SCG. Yeah. He's been happy hunting ground for him, and so he's cashed in by going yeah. SCG, lots of runs, UAE, where there's been no spin and no bounce and no pace, and he's cashed in there as well. So yeah. it'll be it's great to see him scoring runs on his his uh, home. Home, home, his original home, his place of birth. Yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Who have we got? We've got the West Indies. Is the West Indies coming back over this summer? I do not know. I have not looked that far ahead <laughs> in my life. There's too many subcontinent. It would be actually it'd be interesting to see how he goes over in um, places like Sri Lanka and yeah. in, in India where the ball will turn more. And he's historically not played spin. Yeah, well, we're, we're due for a tour of India too. Aren't yeah, we? I think that's yeah. coming up later this year. So yeah, it's in the winter. Um, yeah. well, our winter. I, I'm glad that he's making me eat humble pie. I'm really happy for him that he's he's scored the runs, he's come back, and he's yeah, um, he's making it making a He just looks the part now too. Yeah, he does. He yeah. looks focused. He looks mm. like he's being assertive. He's not just you know loosely poking at things well outside of off yeah. stump. 
Um, he's just coming. Even running between the wickets and fielding. Yeah, he's you know? just... Like he, all of the stuff that we were like, oh, he's just got a bit lazy. And, he, and he looks like he's playing his shots. He's not just having yeah. to just eat up the strike and wait for the bad ball. He's actually manufacturing, like... Mm. like it looks very assured, like... Mm. And that's all we want. If that Kawaja played like that for the last two years, you wouldn't have heard a peep out of me. But he's yep. he was rubbish for the last two years or three years, and now he's yep. know, got dropped, and here he is back. But we've gotten way off topic. We don't yes, want to so. have another... Aaron Kawaja rants. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that'll do us for the World Cup. It's um, It's been fantastic watching, and if you haven't been paying attention, um, I was, uh, sincerely hope that you go and watch the how this tournament progresses because there's been some really good cricket being played. Um, you know, there's been some stunning efforts of, of catching. There's been some great sort of you know, chases and defending at the death. Um most of the Australian games have been a little one-sided, mind you. But uh, on the outside of that, everything's been pretty good watching, and especially teams like the Bangladesh and Pakistan, which aren't as fancied as their more developed rivals. Yeah, they've been coming in, and they've they've not just yeah you know, they've actually been there, and they've, they've not just been also ran. Yeah, they've yeah. they've given it given it a fair shake. So it's mm. been a it's been a great tournament, and um, yeah, hope, I'm hoping that the rest of the tournament will. Uh, continue with the fantastic quality that we've been uh, shown over these excellent last few weeks. Yeah. All right, Looks moving good. on. After this, we'll have a chat about uh, how the second test has gone. It's got him! Knocked him over! The pressure was too much! So the test hasn't progressed as well as we like in the time it's taken us to record this. So at, at T, they are uh, 310 for four, so they still need 196 more runs yeah. In one session. So I'd say that more likely than not, this is going to end up as another draw. What do you think, Glenn? Yeah. Winvez says draw. <laughs> I reckon 80% chance on the Glenviz. The Glenviz. Yeah. Um, yeah, you... I, I don't know. Like, and, and they're talking like about the former curator of the MCG, who I think uh, got booted because of that. Road that he produced a few years ago in 2017 has yeah. been brought back in for the third test. So it's going to be not not just nil all like in soccer games, but uh, nil all over three. Can you imagine test that matches. 15 days of cricket and you don't get a single yeah. result. That's um, I really hope that's not the case. I really hope something magic happens in this last session because it's yeah, um, you know. Fans in Pakistan have been starved of cricket for so long, and yeah. and this is not what they deserve. No, um, I, I mean ten days of just slog and yeah. hoping for basically the the batsman to have a complete mental fade to actually yeah. Well, I mean create a result. <laughs> like if, if you're Pakistani, and probably the first two days were pretty much unwatchable. Um, you know, we enjoyed it because we were watching our guys bat for a change and, you know, you've got milestones, you've got like, you know, Kerry breaking through a bit, Kawaja playing a beautiful innings. Yeah, they would have appreciated. Like one thing I love about um, Pakistan is they're like they're fiercely in love with their cricket side. Yeah. But they don't. They, like, they, they, don't, they don't appear sides. to disparage yeah. the, like, the Australian uh, side. There's maybe so much been... love in the crowd mm. for... Yeah, I think because they've been starved of, of yeah, it's just a It's yeah. just a, a, a refreshing change of pace. Well, obviously, is, we've seen a lot of... Big picture, you know, mm. yeah. 
they say in the big picture, and it's like at the end of the day, we've got Test cricket in our nation, and you know, regardless of you know, we respect our opposition. Yeah, and, yeah. and I know that Australian fans or obviously cop a lot of flack for their treatment of opposition <laughs> teams, but I do feel yeah. that on the whole, being at you know grounds, you know, watching it at the ground myself more on more than one occasion is when. The opposition does do a good job. Yeah. We will, re- you know, sometimes it's reluctant, but we will acknowledge that it's, uh, mm. it's been a good job. Um, so, you know, we're obviously nowhere near the, the same league as Pakistan because they've oh, just so been in, they've been in love with everything they've seen. It's been it's been yeah. really great to watch just the the spirit the crowd has had and how you can just tell that there's so much joy that they've got cricket in front of them and it's just yeah. you know it's probably the one thing that's actually made these these two matches bearable is the mm. fact that just how much the crowd is enjoying what little spectacle it is and it's just sort of makes you feel like we almost take it for granted here with yeah, you know, all I the agree. shield that we have, the the big bash, and then all the tests they're here every summer, year in, year out. Like I don't know what I'd do if I went what is it, two thousand and nine, so that's yeah. thirteen years um without seeing yeah, cricket in my you know cricket in Sydney for over a decade. Yeah, so yeah, you um, miss it absolutely. Yeah. I would definitely have a, a very large subscription to paid TV services across the globe, so I could I would be finding <laughs> well, something I mean, to stream it. And maybe some some people there are not in that position. Mm. Yeah. So what do you make of? So obviously we had a player four six four has come into the side. Mitch uh, Swepson has got his debut. You think that's the right move? I think so. Yeah, I think he's done pretty well. Um, his main weapon is—he's not a Shane Warne. He's not a Stuart McGill. The sort of main weapon is that overspin and bounce. Mm. I feel, and maybe the occasional wonder skid through. Um, so, uh, but you know, a couple of wickets in the first innings, and well, one hell of a run out too in the um, which got the ball rolling. That uh, run out of um, yeah, well, like, in like all fields, like that's the thing. Like it used to be that uh, you know it was a little um, tick next to someone's box if they could field very well when they're coming through. Yeah. Our, now, our it's system. Almost, now it's almost expected. It's yeah. like oh yeah, we've got a, a young wrist spinner. You can probably throw the stumps down. You know, nine times out of ten from twenty meters away. Yeah, you know? I think that's it's, probably Mike. Well, Mike Young, our former you know, ex baseball fielding coach, really yeah. drilled that into that Ponting or that War era. Um, yeah. Even you know, that, like, even like, line, you don't think of him as a good fielder, but he's a great fielder, really. Yeah, there's no um, real weak links. Probably, you'd probably say, and I know if everyone think I'm just piling on because I don't like him, but you probably have to say that Kawaja is probably the weakest fielder that we've got in the yeah. in the side, and even he's he's improved out of sight from what he was, yeah. which is incredible considering he was a young man yeah. in his early days, and you wouldn't expect them to get become better fielders. Everyone can throw them. as well. There's no guy lobbing it in from the boundary. It's all flat throw. Mm. I don't know. I wish I could do that. <laughs> it must be gym work or something, <laughs> and I'm just not willing to do. <laughs> Sticking with Kawaja, so we know that I'm not just yep. picking on him. How yep. fantastic was it to see him break through? Like he was just short in uh, in the first test with that yep. uh, 97, but he got through and got a hundred on his uh, mm. 
um, you know, the, the soil of his place of birth, which would have been a special moment for him. That's, yeah, that's a lot of runs since he came back. Someone put up the stats. I think he averages over 100 since he's come back into the side. Yeah. So, so can't argue with that. <laughs> that annoying stat where he was going really well as an opener is actually now even more prevalent. But yeah, um, the, yeah. These pitches suit him to the ground. So yeah. after seeing what they rolled out, I would have been really disappointed if Kawaja hadn't made yeah. a, a fairly significant impact. But you still got to go out and score the runs. And like I said, we, we said that he's, he just looked – he looks so much more assured and so much more mm. um, assertive. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He might, might have been looking at that footage from the UAE the last time we played Pakistan when he played that that really good long innings where they... But even still, even that innings, that's probably one of his best innings that he's played. I wouldn't say that he was overly assertive. He just no. he was, It was gritty and tough and put a price on his wicket. Yeah. But all these games, since he's even in the Ashes, since he's come back, he's looked to score. Yeah, and, it's a different style from that innings. Yeah, you're right. Um, um, and I think that's been really telling. He's just not letting the, the bowlers put pressure on him because... One of the big weaknesses he had was he'd just get lazy outside of off stump and just sort of poke at things that were sort of angling away or nipping yeah. away, and he'd just get squared up and you mm. know, and it just looked really it looked really amateurish when he got out. But he's just none of that. Everything's very you know um, definitive movements forward and back, full face of the bat, you know, carrying through with a shot when it's there, running hard. It's it's yeah. been great to see, and it's. As much as I don't like being proven wrong, because I'm a fan of when I get things right, because I can puff my chest out and go, "I told you." <laughs> yeah. Um, it's been great to see this is one of the ones I've been been wrong about because yeah. he is having that sort of late 30s renaissance and really making it count. Yeah. Um, Alex Carey, he's a guy that would have been under a bit of pressure. It's great yeah. to see that he, you know, again the pitch not doing a great deal, but you got to go out and score the runs, and he. That was good. Yeah. Got that I mean, you take a 93 from your keeper. Um, yeah. He would be gutted, but uh, it was a pretty good ball that got him out, was it? No, he was just trying to. Um, oh, I, no, I, I'm thinking of Cameron Green. Yeah, <laughs> the um, he was just trying to mow that over, sweep, sweep over to yeah. deep square leg, and just missed it and got bowled. Barbara's arm got him with his second ever wicket. Oh, that's right, yeah, second <laughs> wicket in um, Test cricket. Though to be fair, he walked off the field. And I suppose you're always going to sort of you know put the the smile on for the camera, but he seemed in fairly good spirits when he like sort of stuck yeah. a microphone in his face. So. He's going to fall into a pool like before every day. <laughs> How funny that? that was funny was that. I know. Uh, it was like I looked at it and I'm like, uh, I don't know. I feel like it's funny if you know the person, you know, just hearing what would happen. But it was just really funny. He just walked in like yeah, he, he just did, completely didn't see the, had his the back. way he falls is really funny. <laughs> yeah. It was great. Had his back turned and you just sort of see Cummins was the cameraman. He sort of panned away, but you sort of can tell what's happening is he's just sort of stepping towards the pool and then you can see yeah. that he's looking back and then you just see splash and it's like, ah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that the, <laughs> it's just, there's no, oh, shit, man. It's just laughter. Yeah, just exactly. Wall to wall laughter. Kez yeah. can handle that. <laughs> he's all right. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the bowling side of things, it was. Um, I don't know if I've seen the Australians in the subcontinent bowl much better than what they did on day three of of that. Like, yeah, they had a few things go their way, a couple of runouts, and then Imam Al-Haq just, yeah. just spooning one to mid-off. But just, um, just gave us one there. They were, they were disciplined. They managed to get the ball to reverse and reverse a lot. Mitchell Stark had a period where he was just uh, – 
impossible to face. He had the ball on a string, um, mm. you know, lined and swept. And yeah, I think Mitchell Stark's really, really grown as well. I he think. hasn't done a lot in this innings, but um, there yeah. were people that were saying that uh, how could they drop Josh Hazelwood? And you know, you know how much I love Josh Hazelwood. Yeah, and I was like, that's absolutely the right call. You, you have to have Stark. You gotta love Big Josh. But, yeah, um, Stark was Stark. the right call. If you're going to drop a, a, a bowler to make room for sweeps, then it had to be Hazelwood. You had Cummins is going to bowl right arm over the wicket. You got Green is going to bowl right arm over the wicket. You're, going to, you're picking two spinners. So they're going to do yeah. their own fair share of work. And then you know Stark is a guy that if he manages to get that ball to reverse, he's no, he's he's unlucky, a real but, handful. Yeah, exactly. But he he is the same. Yeah, the bowler. So he had to have a rest. I mean, you wouldn't call that being dropped. That's a oh yeah. As soon as they get back to a, a wicket that where they don't think they need two spinners, Hazel will walk back in that side. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the decision that's been talked about quite a lot over the last several hours? Um, obviously, we put on five, five, six for nine declared. Yeah. Um, we batted into day three, which would have been surprising a lot of people, and then mm-hmm. we bowled. Pakistan out for 148 in 53 overs, and we went out to bat again. What did? What are your thoughts? On- um, I was okay with them batting uh, uh, batting into day three. That was okay. They it took a while. There was a lot of negative Pakistanian bowling, and I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> if you're going to bowl like that, you're not going to get rewarded yeah, with us exactly. moving we're the just, game along for yeah, you. Exactly. Um, so you know, we're going to dictate if you're going to allow us to dictate. So. That one's fine. Uh, I think we need to drop this superstition. Uh, Eden Gardens, 2001. It was a long time ago, um, and it's one game. And we've won, we've won plenty of games where we've enforced the follow-on since then. Um, but for some reason, they just don't do it. Uh, is it sports scientists? Like, it feels like one of those decisions by committee. But you're, you're 400 ahead. We, we had a 400 lead, right, when we got them out. The minimum is 200, right, to enforce the follow-on yep. in test cricket. That's double. <laughs> um, and I just think you had the momentum. You guys were probably still fresh. Um, just, yeah, I just put them back in. And even if they... Uh, you know, if they put a lot of runs on, you, you can go back in and just, yeah. I mean, I suppose it's the whole fourth innings, you know, Australia have been rolled. But, like, there's a risk in, in not enforcing the follow-on as well. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Uh, I am completely agree with, with that assessment. But the, I'm sort of, I think it was a coin flip decision. I can see lots of arguments for enforcing the follow-on, getting back out there. Having the momentum, getting stuck in, um, you know, continuing the charge. But I can also see the other side of the argument as well. I mean, there's only what twenty odd overs left in the day. Yeah. You get to go and just basically give your bowlers an early mark. They can go and get into the ice bath. I mean, it's been nearly forty degrees, and they've been bowling in that day. You know, yeah. Pakistan get out there. That you're going to put more, um, more miles in uh, their legs. Uh, yeah, but you, I mean, you're going to have to bowl eventually anyway. 
But that being said, you know, you're going to go – at worst, you're going to come out, you're going to bat for a little bit in the day four. Yeah. They've got to then come on the field. They've got to come off the field. They've got to pad up in 10 minutes as opposed to rocking up to the ground that morning, putting yeah. their pads on, getting set. Mm. Um, but, you're saving the new ball when all your bowlers are super fresh in the morning and you still manage to have yeah, nearly as, two full like, days. As an opening batsman, uh, <laughs> much lower quality, but and, and some, someone who this has happened to, you are a bit nervous about being dismissed twice in the same day. Yeah. <laughs> like, just like, am I going to walk back out there? Are we going to do this again? Am I, like, both of my innings, are they going to be curtains in the same day? Like, yeah, like I said, I, I definitely agree. I can see a lot of arguments for, and I can see I can see their line of thinking, because you've got to remember the Australians had a lot of miles in their legs, bowled a lot and, of overs I, in I, the I do have the benefit of hindsight. You know, I know that Pakistan are going to buckle in. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and yeah. by going out and batting just a bit longer, you're putting a bit more wear in the pitch. So you know, like I can, I can see both yeah. arguments. Cummins will be looking at going. I've got heaps of time up my sleeve. Like as yeah. it is, they had five and a half, more than five and a half sessions. Yeah, and that should be enough for a test quality bowl attack to get the job done when you've got a 500 run yeah. lead. But it is so, a road. It's and it's dying. So I don't know. I don't know, but, yeah, this is one of the cases where, yeah, I would have been. I, I feel that, you know, probably if you're going to be ruthless, you'd, yeah. you'd be forced to follow on. Though if we draw this game, mm. I don't think it's going to be because we didn't enforce the follow-on. I feel if we draw this game, there'll still be, you know, four or five wickets still in hand. Yeah, not necessarily, but um, I don't know. I think I'd like to see them do it again, just... Momentum, we've got you. We think we can get you within the next couple of days. You also got to remember like too that they've got all these tests. I think there's what f- there's six days off between all of the tests. I think. Yeah. So there's a you know a lot of miles that these bowlers are going to be expected to do, and there's no reason to think that the next test is going to be any different than this one. That there's going to be a lot of Hot sun, no bounce, hard toiling. So I can see that their sort of player management may be coming into his like, thinking yeah, as I mean, well. You, you've got depth. If you're tired, we'll just rest you. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I just think go hard. Um, yeah. But anyway. I don't necessarily disagree. I'm just yeah. saying I can understand where, yeah, yeah, the, where yeah. the rationale. And you'd think that when you've got still two full days to play, you know, most bowling captains would be thinking, oh, my, my guys can get that done in two days. We can yeah. get 10 wickets in two days on a wicket that's, you know, we're getting a bit of reverse swing and some, you know, the, the wicket was playing a couple of tricks. It seems to have almost gotten better for batting since then. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's been really weird. Like, there was, it was mm. doing a bit. There was variable bounce, and but it just hasn't really I, gotten worse. I suppose that's another factor to the argument, you know, like, at the moment you take that 10th wicket in the, the opposition's first innings, you know what the conditions are like. You know that the con- presumably the conditions will be the same when you go back out there. Whereas, you know, maybe we wasted some of the good conditions by going in and batting for, what, an hour and a half? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I don't know, there's the bird and bush argument. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I think I would have enforced it. So, uh, well, as it's looking like, this is looking like it's going to be a well-drawn-out draw. Have any predictions on uh, the next test? 
Draw. Draw again. So you're, you're going to go 15 days and no results. Nil all. Um, oh, that would be such a disappointment. It is. It is disappointing. And, uh, well, I just uh, – it's disappointing that um, they've gone that way with the pitch yeah, preparation. There was all that talk in the lead-up that um, don't expect raging turners because we've got a really gun bowling, fast bowling attack, and it's just, and then, just <laughs> giving us nothing of anything. Well, this is the old bait and switch. I'd almost rather it <laughs> Don't be... worry about wrecking Mitchell. Or, or Ashton, just, yeah. you know. Yeah, you've got another thing coming if you think we're going to produce, um, yeah. you know, raging turners. Oh, our yeah. fast, I reckon our fast bowlers are better than yours sort of thing. Uh, that yeah. was all the, you know. I, I, I told him get the tar out. Yeah. <laughs> get the concrete. Just sprinkle some grass on that road and we'll yeah. uh, call it a win. Yeah, it's been... Um, well, I hope they get it done, but uh, I don't think they will. I really hope that they... They go for broke Pakistan and go. Let's yeah. try and win this series and put exactly. up a, and put up a wicket. Put up a like, sporting wicket, even if it's even if it is a raging turner. Like just put yeah. up a wicket where you can get a result. I don't care if it turns on day one. <laughs> oh, I do. I, I hate the hate pitches that turn sideways from day one. Yeah. Um, and I hate fans that come out and say, "Well, if you can produce seeming wickets, why can't we produce spinning wickets?" Because it's in the actual ICC guidelines. Yeah. That. The, it shouldn't spin from day one. It doesn't say that it can't spin. Like India, you should be expecting the ball to be yeah. spinning yeah. earlier than others, but yeah. you should be able to go to a, a, any wicket in the world as a fast bowler and have something yeah. day one of a test match. Yeah, otherwise it, it negates entirely one discipline it, of our it, game. It's actually written in the, the guidelines for grading wickets that it's supposed to provide. Wickets are supposed to provide something for all yeah. skill sets, fast bowling, batting, spin bowling, all supposed to be there. Yeah. And it just seems to be that... Um, Dibbly dobbly yeah. medium paces. Like especially, especially India. <laughs> and, and to some extent England, England go a bit too... Uh, bit too liberal with their uh, green tops at times as well. Yeah. But India seems to be the ones that do it more often because it's much harder. Well, it makes more sense that a, a green top would seem early because it would start off green and then become flatter, whereas India have set it yeah. up to be mm. turning from ball one, which is just not what pitchers are supposed to do. Yeah. So I, don't, I hope it doesn't turn from ball one, but like yeah. I would take a wicket that turns from ball one oh, over yeah. what, another one of these. these yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, well, we're going to wrap this up and we're going to go and settle in and uh, um, watch the last session yeah. and hopefully see some some six magic from wickets. wickets in in thirty six overs. Only three balls away from a hat trick, yeah. and then we're only three balls away from winning. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's the optimistic people. <laughs> Could all be done in six balls. You never know. All right, guys, thank you very much for listening. Um, that will do us. And then uh, enjoy, hope you all join us next week. We'll have plenty more cricket to talk about. Uh, until then, bye for now. See you guys. Over. Sports Social Podcast Network.